This is Bill Messerly with St. Gabriel Catholic Radio bringing you a special Frontline of Hope update with Bishop Robert J. Brennan, Bishop for the Diocese of Columbus, for Monday, June 8th, 2020. Bishop Brennan has been giving these daily updates from the middle of March to today to keep us informed and connected during these difficult and challenging and sometimes stressful times. But this morning, Bishop Brennan, you had a new curveball. You called into the station, and instead of hearing us on the radio, you heard your own Bishop Emeritus, Bishop Campbell. What a confusing morning, huh? <laughs> what a great morning. What a treat <laughs> it was. Yeah. So you know the setup. I don't know if everybody else knows it, but thank you, St. Gabriel Radio, to the two of you and to Greg Savaldi. You um, connected me with something called a Comrex machine. So I have a little St. Gabriel Radio studios right here in my office. And when you called in, uh, Bishop Campbell is back in our studios giving his daily updates I'm sorry, his weekly updates, uh, Living the Catholic Life. He's continued giving those words of wisdom to us each week, and he's recording those, and there was a little overlap, so you had an opportunity to connect with Bishop Campbell, and he expressed his excitement and enthusiasm for what happens later this week. That's right. Um, this week we celebrate ordination, and uh, we're we're really gearing up, and we're looking forward to that. I had a wonderful evening on Friday. Um, you know, as you know, uh, many of our schools couldn't have graduations. Certainly the Josephinum couldn't have its commencement for the uh, college program, for those getting a bachelor's, for those completing pre-theology, and for some of the new soon-to-be-ordained priests who finished their uh, their graduate work, their master's work. And so since they couldn't have their commencement, we had a little bit of a celebration um, to recognize them on um, Friday evening, which was really very uplifting. But in a sense, it started off the whole ordination cycle, you know. Um, Even though it's not the way we wanted to do it, 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 it's creating for a very exciting weekend, week rather. So we were together on um, on, uh, Friday and um, we'll be together on Wednesday for some uh the, the the they'll be coming here to interact with some of the different offices that with whom they'll be working in the uh years ahead and uh I'll be meeting with them and their families on Friday and Friday evening we have the uh the uh ordination of the deacons and Saturday we have ordination of priests so it is an exciting week and a little bit of a relief i would guess for the candidates for the priesthood uh Deacon Frank Brown, Deacon Michael Fulton, and Deacon Seth Keller, and then the aconate candidate, uh, Jacob Stinnett. It it takes a lot of work to get through all these years of, of study. Can you let our listeners know what this might look like for them uh, to become a priest? This doesn't just take uh, a few uh, few months or a few courses. Oh, no. You know, it's a... Um it, it this this is a four or five year program um actually sometimes six years depending on where a man enters um and it, it it's a lot of preparation in college in your undergraduate years and we have an an undergraduate college as part of the josephinum that is not the case with many seminaries and uh it's possible to uh, get your college degree right there, and so that would be four years freestanding college, just like any college program. But then from that point on, 
uh, the men would continue in what we call theology in the major seminary where they'd be studying theology. Um, and that's another four-year program, more or less. Sometimes we round it out with some pastoral experiences, uh, but so that's usually a four- or five-year program. But then there are others who enter coming from another college where they didn't have the philosophy background or perhaps are entering a little bit later, and so there's something called pre-theology, and that's one or two years, depending on how much formation a man already has. And with pre-theology, um, that means catching up on all those philosophy courses, but also beginning the process of formation. Because especially if you've done other work, you're leaving something behind and going into something in very, very um, um, new. So it's um, that there's there's a transition period. So you're right. This we're talking years and years. We're, you know. Um, but and and it's intense, um, uh, but it's and and it's really life altering, literally life altering, because pe- people are entering into a new phase of life. They're handing their life over to the Lord, and uh, so it's it's a time of a lot of human growth, a lot of um, spiritual growth, a lot of academic study, and a lot of pastoral experience. And you can listen to those ordinations uh, Friday night at 7 o'clock for uh, the diaconate ordination, and then Saturday, uh, June 13th at 10 a.m. So you can listen to that at stgabrielradio.com or columbuscatholic.org if you'd like to see the video. And many of you may not have participated in actually viewing an ordination, but uh, Bishop Brennan, tell us a little bit about what would be different during this ordination that if you hadn't looked at it before that you would want to be aware of. Ordinations, I would say ordinations and the dedication of the church are probably the two most powerful liturgies. Uh, from my point of view, they're very um, vivid in terms of sign and gesture, and so they're very, very powerful. So in the ordination mass, it begins like a regular mass with the liturgy of the word, but before the homily, the, um, those to be ordained are called forth. They're called forth um, to to receive holy orders, to to um, be called into service, into the service as a deacon or into the service as a priest. And so the homily is actually more of an instruction, and it's a little more formal than most homilies, you know, um, but it still has it, – it, it goes back and forth between the people and those being ordained. And then that leads into a series of promises for a deacon. That's when a man makes the uh, the, the promise of celibacy at diaconate um, for a man who's already not married, uh, or in this case, a transitional deacon. Okay, we also have deacons who would be permanent deacons, and they and if they were already married, they would not make that promise. But um, a man going on to priest would make the promise of celibacy. But there would be all kinds of promises that they make dedicating their life to God, to prayer. Um, and uh, the major elements of the ordination are the laying on of hands and the prayer of consecration. The, and and th- those two moments um, are, are the essential Parts so 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 those those take place. Then there are other symbolic moments. So, um, you know, a priest 
is uh, his hands are anointed with chrism. It's a sign of what he will be. Um, he will be handling the Eucharist. He will be from the, with those hands um, consecrating bread and wine to become the body and blood of Jesus Christ. The deacon will receive the word of God, the book of Gospels. The priest will receive the elements for the mass, the chalice and the paten with a little bit of wine and the, and the host, symbolic presentations to them of what they will be offering on behalf of the people. Um, the newly ordained deacon will be vested as a deacon. The, new, the priest to be ordained will come in as a deacon, of course, but then they will, after they're ordained, they will be vested as a priest. So there were all those elements in there um, is the sign of peace by those in that order. And then, um, and then mass continues. But at that point, both the deacons and the priests have a, a, assist even there in the, in the rest of the mass. So because at, after that part of the mass, the ordination, they are already then deacons and priests. And we'll be celebrating those beautiful, beautiful ordinations Friday night, this Friday night, uh, 7 p.m. Uh, for the diaconate, and then Saturday, June 13th at 10 a.m. What a beautiful week this will be. You've had some wonderful opportunities to be with the community over the last few days, and I just wanted to talk about one of those. Uh, you were with the Young Adult uh, Scripture or the Faith Sharing Group, the Toltonites, on Saturday. How did that go? That was wonderful. I'm so proud of them. I've known them now pretty much since I've come. Um, uh, so uh, the, when I first came, I started to meet with some of the young adult groups, especially through uh, YCP, Young Catholic Professionals. But then there's a group of uh, – they kind of overlap a little bit. Um, the the Toltonites would be – it's sort of a faith sharing and a support group for – uh, young adults coming from minority or immigrant or um, people of color uh, from the different communities, and they come together first of all to support one another in sometimes what's not always easy in the practice of the faith, but also they see themselves as um, as welcoming those. Of, of color to into the Catholic Church, and so there's a great rapport, and so I've had some great encounters with them, some of them for fun and some of them for prayer during the course of the year, but they organized a prayer vigil on Saturday afternoon at St. Matthias Church, and there was a nice showing of people, um, people from the community, other members of young Catholic professionals were there, um, uh, People of, of all races were together, mostly Catholic, some not Catholic, and um, they put together a very powerful prayer. And I was, it was a privilege, really, to be with them. Um, I'm so proud of them that they, you know, they, they, they expressed the pain and the sorrow and even the anger that many are feeling, especially within our African-American community. They expressed it so eloquently and so truthfully, um, you know. Um, but they also prayed, and they called us to pray, and they called on all of us in the church and outside the church to 
a real moment of conversion. Um, and, and, and that's, that's been great. You know, um, Bill, I, I could, you know this already, but one of the main movers and shakers within that group of the Tultonites is a young woman named Adora. And it just so happens that Adora has been part of Father Adam's show this week. Um, and uh, she did some tapings and, uh, about uh, her own faith journey. It's part of that whole evangelization. I, I forget Father Ad- the name of Father Adam's show, but uh, she'll be a guest all week. But um, Adora is pat- particularly eloquent and passionate. She, um, she, she was on this morning on Conversations on Discipleship. That's at 8 a.m. There it is, every, Conversations. Every, yeah, <laughs> every weekday at 8 a.m. So listen to Father Adam as they discuss uh, their, their love of Jesus Christ, how that uh, progressed, in, and she's going to be talking a little bit about um, how young adults can reach out and get off of, like uh, you've said many times, get off of the, the steps going into church and get out into the world and invite and encourage people. Yep, and uh, and when she talks, she talks with great authenticity because she's actually doing it. <laughs> and speaking of prayer, tomorrow is a big day for our diocese, and many of our listeners may not have heard about this, so I wanted you to speak to your new call for all of us to join tomorrow together in prayer. Yes, tomorrow we offer a day of prayer and fasting for an end to um, racism and to foster healing within our community. We need that at every level. It's in some ways a day of reparation. Um, and uh, and it's, it's a chance for us as church, first of all, to reflect on ourselves and our own attitudes, um, our own sometimes lack of being informed, um, whether it be through our fault or not. Um, but but that, so so for us as Catholics to seek a greater awareness of racism within society, within our own hearts, and even within the church, and and to to try to bring do that in a way that fosters healing, but also it's a prayer for for healing um, even within our community. So how do we bring about healing and reconciliation so that we can effectively work together to bring about healing, to make a change in terms of racism. Um, for me, very important part of this, um, our law enforcement community, you know, they, they decry they, um, the, 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 the events and the way that, that, the, the, that the killing of, um, of George Floyd, um, many of them are outraged by that themselves. They all um, rejected outright, and and you know, this is a hard time for law enforcement officers who really are, by and large, really out to serve the community. So we want to try to bring about healing there too, because they're hurting as well. So everywhere you look, there's pain and sorrow. And one of our roles as a church is to bring about our own look in, within for our own conversion, but also to be instruments of healing. For the world, you know, it just so happens the readings tomorrow. Um, we're starting this week from the book of Matthew. Um, today's readings are the Beatitudes. Tomorrow, following up on the Beatitudes, you are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. And so, we need to do some introspection so that we can be instruments of healing in a world that's really 
torn apart um, and deeply, deeply wounded. Bishop Brennan, thank you so much for your words, uh, your words of encouragement, the words of Jesus Christ, and um, thank you for allowing us each day to stay connected. Would you like to close us with a prayer? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. O God, who have taught your church to keep all the heavenly commandments by loving you and by loving our neighbor, grant to us a spirit of peace and grace, so that your entire family may be devoted to you wholeheartedly and united in purity of intent. Through Christ our Lord, amen. And may Almighty God bless and protect all of you and all your families. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And you can join Bishop Brennan in a day of prayer and fasting tomorrow to end racism and to foster healing in our own local community right here in central Ohio. And now we rejoin our regularly scheduled programming already in progress.